This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome. You found Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio, coming to you each Wednesday from 2 to 3 and available in podcast form on America's Webradio.com iTunes under Lawyer Liz and any of your other podcast streaming favorites. So I'm your host, Lawyer Liz. Follow me on Twitter at Lawyer Liz. And while I am an attorney, the show and the discussions are not legal advice. Instead, Buzz Off is a weekly look and chat about all the buzz surrounding Internet of Things, autonomous vehicles, drones, and all the technology in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And for those who are keeping track at home, playing along uh, on the drone front and the FAA's Part 107 rules, where the FAA want you to be a certified uh, remote pilot and has a little test that they can take. Well, one of the adventures that has been going on with the testing is their test prep materials and there are all kinds of information available, but what is not available is the actual test itself uh, with the Federal Communications Commission, one of the things they look at is they have their different uh, licensing tests so that you can operate a radio. Well, for the FCC, the known universe of questions is made available for study and test takers, but not so much with the FAA. Apparently, it is a national security uh, concern. They will not release all of the questions. So we are on a FOIA watch and tracking uh, Kevin, who has kindly submitted a FOIA request to say, but why can I get a copy of these questions? Because it's not that the information or the answers are national security. You want me to know the answers because that would make me a better remote pilot. And uh, the Kevin's journey started, oh, uh, let's say almost as soon as the exam came out uh, or was available for folks to take back over the summer, into the summer. And, you know, the holidays got in the way, but it is his request is still out there and still, you know, pondering, being reviewed by the attorneys. So if anyone follows him on Twitter, we wish him the best. KF is D0T slash on Twitter. And Kevin, good luck with that. Keep us posted. Because the FAA has also jumped into the regulatory, I mean, naughty, naughty drone operators. Uh, And really clamped down, issued this groundbreaking or news headline grabbing fine against an operator up in the Northeast. And if memory serves, it was almost a $2 million fine, the largest and one of the first of its kind for the company was 
offering drone photography services in places they weren't authorized yet. And this is before the Part 107 rules. But just this week, the FAA settled the suit or the fine for a little bit of a bargain basement price. So about two hundred. Uh, thousand which is significantly lower than uh, the initial two million and there was no admission of guilt uh instead it was a okay we just want to move forward we're legally operating now safety was never truly at risk for the public uh because we were doing everything we we are doing now but if they are caught being naughty again, there is a future fines of 150000 So, you know, the federal government, all the uh, effing agencies between the FAA, FCC, and FTC are starting to kick it into gear and really take some action on stuff. And if it's because of an administrative or looming administration change or just cleaning house, clearing up, getting stuff off their desk for a new year. Keep your eye on the Beltway Ballers because they're all stepping up and getting involved. So with that little bit of a news buzz, hopefully our guest today is a, I'd call him serial entrepreneur, but a man, a jack of all trades in that he has been a southern gentleman and a scholar studied and received two degrees from georgia tech lived the academic life lived the startup life lived the big technology life and now has returned back to work at an up-and-coming, award-winning startup. So when he, when he's able to call in, Nick Black will be joining us to chat kind of state of security and what's going on. Because as I said, and we noted the, the Beltway Ballers are starting to get involved in the technology space and especially with the FCC and the FTC are fighting their policy and privacy battle now because you have the FCC's net neutrality rules. So they're going to clamp down with their privacy uh, on the internet, ISPs, internet service providers. The FDA has jumped in and said, all right, there's some best practices and waiting now, you know, as the FAA starts to pull through their Part 107 rules and get stuff in line. We've got the the Beltway Ballers, but even more importantly are the folks who are doing, the doers and the makers. So with that, uh, one of the, uh, I'd say, Dirty South kingpins of doers and makers, uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Hello, Elizabeth. How's it going? It goes. And so I don't know if you could hear the introduction, but a a jack of all trades, a southern gentleman and a scholar. uh, Thank you very much, Liz. Bit of an overstatement. Uh, Ah. Jack of few trades, perhaps southern gentleman. Not a scholar, but we'll see. 
Well, you know, know. Uh, how can I help you today on America's Conservative Lawyer Technology Radio? <laughs> America's Web Radio, of course. Well, you know, it's we get bogged down in the weeds of looking at kind of what's in front of us, what's ahead for 2017, and if uh, I was reading an article that admittedly I saw the headline and thought, oh, you've got to be kidding. Because according to this article, Snapchat is the hot uh, name for 2017. And I thought, uh, no. So, Wasn't Nick, Snapchat the hot name for like 2014 or 15? I mean, uh, exactly. all of the youths are on there. Uh, so, I mean, Facebook is now the social network for we old people, is it not? It, it is. And I thought, well, if you're writing that something is the hot new thing, you know you're behind the curve. Because I figure if the tech writers have stumbled upon it, it was so 2008, so 2008. So, I don't know. But you seem to have stumbled on a an up-and-coming... The other one copied it and seems... Exactly. You know, there just, somebody was getting lazy as uh, there was a list recently of the top women in information security, which, on the one hand, knowing several... Marissa was on there, wasn't she? Exactly. That I, yeah, go, go, Marissa. Hooray. Exactly. That I saw some names. I thought, well, okay, they deserve to be recognized. But when you put a Twitter handle, uh, which is a parody account... As one of the top women in Infosec, I'm, not I'm assuming sh- we're referring to Miss uh, Swift on security. Exactly, and while Tay has some fantastic insights, uh, she's much bigger than any top fifty list. Uh, I just got the feeling someone didn't do their homework. Well, I assume that's true, but I guess I'm kind of wondering why you're bothering to read this crap. Well, I mean, because uh, I knew some- not to insult you. I mean, but just a. Uh, you know, ah, this stupid technology report and journalism is uh, itself not really news to me, I would say. No, no. I mean, who are you angry at here? Exactly. Or why are you trying to sell stuff? So, Nick, what what has made the cut for your uh, worthy of your reading time in the next coming months? I mean, you have your list What's of books. Be interesting in 2017. Um, I mean, voice is certainly moving into the vogue. Uh, even on our uh, over here at Luma, our mesh routers, we're adding voice onto there. Uh, Alexa, the Amazon uh, juggernaut, keeps on running, and uh, Amazon out of the uh, Fang companies, the Facebook, Amazon, something, and Google. What's N in Fang? Well, I was gonna say the term. A- I, I don't know. Uh, Facebook, Amazon, what? Microsoft? Maybe it's Famji. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, Amazon's pretty much eating all retail's lunch. And everybody wants to get into the uh, Alexa thing. Um, you know, I was wondering the other day whether uh, I could get a radio ad that just consisted of uh, someone with a sweet, syrupy voice saying, you know, Alexa, Venmo, Nick Black, $1,000, and see how long that would take to pay for itself. But, uh, well, why haven't you? You know, I mean, if Alexa, the reporter at mocking Alexa buying a dollhouse, that news story led to a surge in dollhouse purchases in listeners who had it. I mean, Nick, I'm judging you because you haven't taken out those ads. 
What's holding you back? Oh, shoot, man. I mean, maybe I have, and they haven't been directed at you. Maybe they uh, aren't getting as much play as I would hope. Maybe I'm targeting the wrong demo. Who knows? Uh, but, yeah, other stuff that is going to be, uh, big, you know, your own drones certainly seem to keep blowing up. Uh, my next startup idea, actually, I'll boil you this. Maybe you can help me out with this. What would the laws be if I wanted to produce narco subs? Obviously, I cannot drive the narco sub. I can't load the narco sub. <laughs> Well, maybe I can load. I certainly can't unload the narco sub. But what, what are, what's the legal standing on if I want to, uh, you know, build a device to support the laws of the United States through the underwater? Well, it depends Does on which. It, well, it wouldn't fly. It would float, uh, and it would <laughs> cut through <laughs> the water. Through so, the waves, yeah. exactly. And I'd say that there are some international enterprises that are probably uh, both directly investing heavily in that kind of technology it would be interesting technology well, or do you mean the underwater uh, underwater delivery of uh, payloads that would not do well if wet but would have a very high street value if delivered dry mm, yeah well okay. I certainly don't want to compete with the uh, great Korean shipping magnets of the uh, world. Pretty much all boats are built in Korea now, right? That's my understanding. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. It seems a market that uh, people aren't getting into, but every time I bring it up with investors, they're kind of a leery. They're like, you know, we, we're not sure we like the uh, Bolivian. We don't know the market there. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, drones are going to be huge. What else is going big? Uh, well, I was going to say, yeah. you'll have to, uh, Phyllis, we're going to jump to our first commercial break in a minute, but uh, words of wisdom and trends from Nick Black. I am fastened my seatbelt, ready to hear it. So you're listening to Buzz Off, Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how you can get the skills and equipment you need to protect the ones that you love. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, talking today with Nick Black. And so, Nick, Snapchat's out. Uh, Amazon's Alexa, you know, Echo yeah, is... Yeah, wants to tie in with that. Uh, our investors over here keep asking us, you know, how 
once we uh, we already have the Alexa, how do we then get your mesh stuff connected? So yeah, the rise of uh, IoT, which has been promised for several years, but now finally seems to be uh, taking off. I went looking for light bulbs the other day. Do you know how hard it is to buy a light bulb on Amazon right now? I, I never had to do research on light bulbs. And they're all like $25, and they've got Wi-Fi in there. And I'm like, oh, what real use is this? But apparently people are buying them. So, uh, yeah, and with that comes the uh, need for the two big pieces of hardware that we're seeing moving into everything. Uh, cheap Wi-Fi, uh, cheap Wi-Fi that works, and uh, also, you know, small processors being able to fit things down onto these embedded devices. Uh, I know we've got a uh, smart smoke alarm company that uh, we just picked up over here at Luma. That uh, you know, that's running on three AA batteries. So well, you you keep throwing a watt. You keep if, teasing uh, Luma. So tell oh, yeah. us. So, I mean, well, they I mean, were that's, able that's to. The current startup. We do mesh routers here in Atlanta. Uh, and what does that uh, mean? So not all of my listeners, uh, and I do have a couple, including my grandparents. So hi, grandma. Hi, grandpa. Uh, so for the non-tech savvy, I need wireless in my house or my small business i need to come right, to luma and you want it throughout the house so exactly uh, i don't want dead zones in this kind of situation yeah you typically have wireless repeaters where all of them are uh, running on you need pretty much professional installation you need an awful lot of coverage uh, and if you got the money to do that that's fine uh so mesh is more uh, adaptive you know people are moving things throughout the home they're uh changing layouts in the home you want to be able to adapt to that, pick the right uh, spectrum to run on, uh, be able to kind of automatically associate. What if one of them falls out? What if, uh, you know, what if you're running a big 40 megahertz 2.4, or 802.11 inch channel, and then somebody moves in, starts up another 2.4 channel, boom, yours just got killed. Uh, so now you're less uh, strong than... Uh, perhaps the equivalent 20 megahertz channels, so maybe you want to drop back to those and avoid retransmissions. So it's just all about in a uh, uncontrolled wireless environment, unlike that of a big business, where you can be pretty much assured that you have the only major network in there. Uh, it's dealing with the uh, realities of urban living and large homes and uh, things like that. So, so it uh, sounds that, like y'all are mesh routers in y'all are the superheroes y'all have created kind of the force field that will protect my environment in the sense of you'll make sure that my devices my you know i've paid for the wireless at my home that i can use it in my home yeah well that's the hope and i mean uh you know even here if your house is larger well now you got multiple devices and they can piggyback off one another and uh you know every much like roaming inside of a company, you'll be able to pick uh, the nearest router, the one that's strongest, which might not actually be the nearest, of course. It's more of uh, what's between you and them and uh, how well the radio waves can uh, propagate through it. So that kind of thing. Just, uh, yeah, active adaptation to ensure everything's good. And, you know, this is as that ties into your IoT because, you know, like a smart smoke alarm, well, if, uh, if that smoke alarm can't send up its message that the house is on fire, uh, that, that's a problem. Kind of defeats the point of the uh, smoke, smoke alarm. So, yeah, exactly. Kind of um, well, and if I can't send the signal or send the command to my IoT coffee maker, uh, what's the point of getting out of bed if the cup is not ready to greet me? question. You know, and we used to just handle these with uh, Stone Age 
clocks and alarms and tell it to just brew it at six, but uh, it's not good enough. What if my order changes, etc.? It's all kind of bougie stuff, but what you're going to do? Uh, bougie people have money. I was saying, I'm okay with being bougie. I'm good with that. No, I, I have no problem. Bougie-ness is what we all aspire to. I, I, aside from the true patricians, I suppose, for whom it would be a downgrade. But yeah, no, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Just, uh, you know, just kind of a niche market. And these people bought all these devices. Uh, I got, the other day, so when, when we got married, my wife and I, we looked at each other and we're like, uh, just because we're scientists does not mean we have to have a house full of smart IoT things. And I'm like, that, that's absolutely right, love. I've seen maximum overdrive. This is how wars start. We're not going to do it. And uh, then at, uh, a year later, we got three things in our house. Uh, somebody gave me a, a Dyson Smart L air filter. They're like, Nick, you, you, you like math. You'd probably love this smart air filter. I'm like, I, I'm not so uh, socially invi- unviable that uh, I need to seek a dialogue out with the HVAC. But nonetheless, uh, we get home, the uh, remote gets lost. And I'm like, all right, got to turn this thing on. But, uh, we're getting a lawnmower manual. And I go, and uh, it only talks to 2.4 gigahertz, doesn't talk to 5 gigahertz uh, radios. So immediately, the one inside my house is useless with it. So I was going to say. $200 router, it's $400 air filter, $600 of crap, it's not working at all. So, uh, you know, you got to keep these people satisfied. you got to make their crappy IoT devices work with your device, because the one constant among them all is that they're all wireless, and they're all expensive. They're all wireless. They're all expensive. And as you noted, there are a lot of these devices are relegated to the same, you know, frequencies. So your baby monitor is fighting with your air filter, which is fighting Mm -hmm. with your light bulb. And it's chaos. And Well, because we used to, when you had a computer in something, it was probably designed by computer engineers. You know, you did not say, hey, I'm going to stick a wireless device into my toaster. And if you were going to do that, you got an actual wireless person in there. But now it's, uh, you know, a ubiquitous enough, understood enough technology that people are just jamming these things in there under the uh, watch of industrial designers and things like that. So you're definitely losing a level of the uh, quality and interoperability that you would have seen when there were fewer devices. Well, That's kind of vexing. One of the things that has made Luma stand out, uh, so shameless plug, kudos to the entire team at Luma, is the security aspect. I mean, y'all, mm-hmm. y'all have built that in because if I'm going to be hacked, I'm not going to be hacked because of my stupid light bulb. Like, that's not going to be my down. I don't want to go out like that. And y'all mm-hmm. have started building some of that. So tell me about that process. Was it just an early decision of... Paul Judge, uh, most of his companies have been uh, all Atlanta area area security companies. I first worked with him over at uh, Cypher Trust, which was one of the first big anti-spam people we got bought by Secure Computing. Uh, Then he did pin drop in the area that was uh, cloud web filtering. uh, Or no, um, pin drop is the voice analysis stuff for uh, banks with fraud. PureWire was the other one. Paul's big in the uh, security group. So when he kind of had the idea, he was like, we should build this in. It's not a, you know, that's all, it's all based on a common databases that are produced by other people, just uh, gets re- uh, requests get sent up through the cloud. We authorize or deauthorize. Pretty, pretty simple stuff, really. Uh, says says the guy who can write so- code in your sleep. <laughs> um, you can write obscure code. And I believe, is it your resume 
that acknowledges a somewhat fluency in is it ancient Greek, but only up to a certain uh, time period. Well, ancient, yes. Up to, uh, yeah, modern Greek is pretty different from uh, ancient Greek, much uh, as you know, modern liturgical Latin is not at all uh, similar, really, to what uh, the Romans spoke during the Republic or even during the early empires. Uh, so, yeah, no, I learned Greek because I wanted to read the ancients, not because I care to read about their deficit situation in a modern paper. Uh, well, and that's it. That, so I'm just bringing context to the listeners. So anytime Nick says something is simple, um, know that for us mere mortals, uh, we may never achieve that level because... Oh, that, that, that's nonsense. I, I just have more free time than most people. <laughs> uh, I suppose do the sleeping less, but no, it's all good. Uh, but what takes us over to uh, Attic Greek? Oh, no, just talking about, I mean, if when you describe Luma's process as simple or, uh, you know, well, of course, elementary, my dear. Well, well when I say it's simple, I mean that, uh, you know, this space. So we came out with product about uh, maybe six months ago. I got here three months ago. Uh, when uh, they first brought out their product, there was really only one competitor. And I think now there's a good nine or so. I uh, just passed a Linksys box with a... Uh, three set of whole home routers so and as that's going on everybody's kind of copying the same features off everybody else uh almost all of them run the same hardware inside of a qualcomm soc from their uh ipq family i mean we, we take these things and break them down and look to see what's there that we can use just as i'm sure they do ours so when i say it's simple i mean uh mainly that i don't expect us to hold the market on that particular feature for very long like i said we're not building the database of sites etc we're getting that from uh well-known companies, and it wouldn't be hard for anybody else to, to get it and add it. But yeah, I think that's pretty, it seems a pretty fundamental part of uh, any egress-ingress unit that you would sell these days, and I'm surprised other people didn't look at it as much. Well, and that's, the FTC seems to be going after D-Link now for some of their routers uh, and saying, well, you said you were secure, and you're not. Uh, it's one oh, really? thing. I haven't heard about this. The FCC, you said? Oh, FTC, Federal Trade Commission. Oh, Federal so. Trade Commission. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. So kind of a uh, almost a class action suit by owners, these devices? Or well, we'll see. The really, uh, so they've started the enforcement action, so they've started the complaint, but really it needs to play out a little bit because uh, Rob Graham, who writes over at Errata Securities... Errata Security. Yes. So Rob had a good take. Oh, and when Rob puts his thumb or fingerprint on something, it's uh, another one of those fasten your seatbelts. But Rob pointed out, well, okay, if the... uh, Allegation is that they breached a, re- a representation. So the dealings were secure. And, okay, they're not. So, and that's what the FTC is claiming. So Rob says, great, change all your marketing material and say, I'm not secure. Well, You're on your own. It's kind of silly. I don't think you can find any device that, uh, I remember when we were first being bought by Secure Computing, their CEO came in and he was talking about his device and he's like, other devices, they're a roadblock. Ours is a brick wall, and I just started laughing at him. And uh, my CEO was like kicking me under the table. Don't, don't laugh at this guy. He's about to give us millions of dollars. And I'm like, well, what a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, it only takes one person knowing the right thing to turn your brick wall into a dike full of holes. And uh, yeah, I guess the thing here would be nobody should be calling themselves a secure device. 
Which is fair enough. I mean, calling themselves a secure device, you probably shouldn't be buying it expecting that. I mean, if you go buy a a saucy water, it says it's going to cleanse your body of cancer and things like that. No, it's not. So (laughs) I'd be a bit surprised if that really rolled down. What is the definition of secure? Is more secure? Secure is. Well, exactly. Secure, but can be engineered. I mean, I'd like to look into that complaint, though. I think of a lot of companies that could be added to that if that went through. Well, and I will gladly send it to you as well as get it out there on Twitter. So follow along for the ride. And it, it does beg the question because where standards are today isn't where they're going to be tomorrow because. Every year at various hacker summer camps, you know, something is demoed that folks see it as a challenge of, oh, I can't break in? Well, give me, you know, a case full of tab soda. Give me, you know, all night and some good tunes, and I'll I'll make and break it five different ways, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, it's challenge accepted. So I yeah, so I don't know why uh, it seems like such a meaningless thing was put on your product that I'm surprised that anybody would really go challenging it. Just sounds like that would be kind of a watershed relabel all your stuff, but it doesn't really accomplish anything in my mind. No, well, and you you kind of hit the nail on the head, and we'll pick this up right after the next commercial break. But talking about the challenges and what's ahead for security in. 2017 on Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, coming to you on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, chatting with Nick Black. And so we've established that Nick's current project, uh, Luma, creates essentially the force field around the home with an eye towards security and privacy, but not everybody rises to that challenge, that there are some products out there that, despite their get-rich-quick, grow hair, lose weight, win the love, uh, not everything is what it's cracked up to be. So, Nick, when when does a product or an idea kind of raise your ire that you say, okay, that's it? you just did this or you just did that now I want to break it or poke holes in this theory 
Or is it really just when you have time and what catches your attention? Well, and obviously, technical difficulties on <coughs> excuse me, my part, uh, and we weren't keeping Nick's attention. So it really does beg the question, though, as all these other agencies are stepping in and taking a harder look at some of the claims. I mean, you've seen this in nutritional supplements or the latest diet fad, but what happens when our use occurred? Did you meet the standards, and did you meet the standards today? Did you meet the standards tomorrow and how do you evolve those standards when it comes to regulatory matters because the technology is constantly changing so that's one of the things to kind of keep an eye on as we've spoken before about the new administration and new directions because the FTC Federal Trade Commission and the FCC are going to see some changes in leadership and with the Department of Transportation with the FAA and that being the drones in the national airspace kind of oversight the FAA will have a hopefully or at least the current rumors are that there is a smooth sailing so to speak and that uh Huerta will stay on for a little bit while longer that while the Department of Transportation will see a shift in its leadership, its secretary will be changing out that uh, the director for the FAA will stay the same. But is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And when you have a priority shift, what's going to catch the regulator's attention? And you, in the light of trends and everything, one of the, in addition to drones, and we were chatting here in the studio before the show, what happens with the inauguration? That you have this entire new threat vector threat platform that you have people that are going to be protesting and great, exercise your voice, get get your message out there, but how do you protect the protesters? How do you protect the dignitaries and the attendees at some of these uh, high-profile events, and we had Ryan English from Lansing Tactical on the show, uh, prior shows, and Dave Kennedy uh, was on as well, and we were discussing security in the context of the election and campaign, but now that the election is over, and one of the things the United States prides itself on is its smooth transition of political power. Well, how do you protect in this Internet of Things digital age against that smooth, or how do you keep that transition smooth? And it will be interesting to see because from a technology and drone perspective, are they going to be jamming? Because if you're jamming the drone, you know, for potential drone communications, have you also just jammed every other cell phone or pacemaker or some other medical device that is operating in the area? And is that an okay risk that if you advise people that there will be some interference? And to some degree, we're trained to, if I go to the hacker summer camp conferences in Las Vegas in the summer, there's just too many people and too many devices. And that's not to say that anything nefarious is going on, but networks can't handle that amount of traffic. 
and inevitably I will not have cell phone signal depending on where I am. So I'm used to that. I don't become upset. I just it's the price you pay for being around some of the you know, best thinkers, tricksters, and other you know, adventurers who question why. That all right, not everything's going to work as planned. I make alternative arrangements. But if you're coming to D.C. or the office buildings that are located in the surrounding areas, they're still conducting business. It is not a stop what you're doing, pencils down kind of Friday. Instead, how do you handle that? Uh, Luma, uh, the company, the wireless mesh network company that Nick is with, and they certainly, you know, Companies like that, services, products like that would help. But what happens when you know, national security, we're going to jam or we're going to block this signal and suddenly you're not expecting that? Or do you shoot it down? And as Ryan pointed out during our the second ever Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, shooting down a drone is not as easy as you think would think that it takes a little bit better of a shot to bring it down with one fell swoop. And so when you have a crowd of people, how, you know, collateral damage is not always acceptable. So it's okay. Can't take that route. We can't, or perhaps do have the high grade military jamming, but is it a net? Is it a, and do you have that set up all over our nation's capital, that kind of network and security protection. And that's that's going to be interesting to watch how that's handled and how that works with within everyday life. It's not as if the inauguration is taking place in a vacuum or the protests or other participants, other events that are going on in the surrounding area, you have to worry about their safety and their ability to do that. It's not that Washington is uh, a noob at this. They've hosted events uh, every four years. There is an inauguration or a swearing in and you know, it's not their first time at the rodeo, but what happens when the rodeo changes? So fasten your seatbelts, uh, paint you. We'll see how it goes. And of course, if you're listening to a podcast version of this show, you know how you know the answers. So uh, if only hindsight was 2020 and you could tell us, bring out your InfoSec Magic 8 Ball. But speaking of InfoSec Magic 8 Balls, the attribution games continue in the news and uh, Russian hacking of this or hacking of other you know, other nation states devious players uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see because once the new administration is in place we're still hearing calls for uh, investigations um, and that's going to be you know, how how do you do that and kind of looking at uh, attribution is hard, yo. And just because someone takes claim, it's as we learned in Ghostbusters, uh, when asked if you're a god, the answer is yes, Ray. The answer is yes. So 
keeping an eye on kind of the administration change and also the technology, where they're going to go with different uh, aspects. And kind of getting back to the drone uh, and the inaugural uh, inauguration and other activities, uh, how much damage can one do? And it depends if it's you know, a small, if it's one of the micros that we've highlighted that uh, one of the quads that are used for the racing, which, by the way, keep it tuned because the drone racing for 2017 is gearing up to take off. I saw some posts of course design for one of the first races, and it looks pretty sweet. I, I still need to get on that uh, and get my FCC license, technician license, so that I can start racing. But is it one of those, or is it one of the, uh, not to pick on DJI, but being one of the top sellers in the world, is it one of their quads? And if it looks like, how do you detect or tell the difference between the quad that has gone wayward and was not, you know, people... Perhaps people didn't know the rules, know, didn't know that you can't uh, fly in D.C., that D.C. as a rule is a no-fly zone, or if there are malicious actors that are using the DJI as a, as a platform and delivery mechanism for something more sinister, that one of the areas and the conversation with Nick that we we're talking about what's ahead for 2017, we've seen towards the end of 2016 more focus being paid on attention being paid to what the drones are doing and drone detection, not by noticing that there is a drone there, that the drone is doing something or in airspace it wasn't supposed to be in, but rather what signals, what communications is the drone itself having? What are the little radios doing? What are the sensors doing? Is it uh, taking up more bandwidth? Is it communicating? Is it hooking up? or linking with a nearby access point. In other words, has the drone jumped on your Wi-Fi and is there an iPhone payload that is skimming, scanning, spoofing, you know, that is communicating where you wouldn't expect it to. That that kind of information, that kind of the software uh, defined radio, the SDR side of it, the RF uh what they're doing, that aspect is where drone detection will go and needs to go, but it will be fascinating to see if any of that is deployed openly or covertly during the inauguration. It's almost as if we have created a perfect testing uh, area or t- exam question of, all right, you have a very contentious contentious. Uh, election result that has upset some folks and on both sides it's also a national you know and we're going to shine the world spotlight on in one area so all you crazies all you angries all you people who just love you know all you patriots who want to go and witness and support transition power all right come to this 
confined area and have at it. Do your best. Good luck. Go. And I can certainly think from a privacy legal aspect from a national airspace, national security, all that going on. There are a lot of exam questions there, but from it's almost a hacker's paradise of, all right, you had this theory. Now here's an opportunity to test it out. See what you can do in this real world environment. So you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Please stick around after this commercial break. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. This is Dr. George from Peach Street ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peach Street ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient, Because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Buzz off with Lawyer Liz. Join me each week, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock, as we talk drones, Internet of Things, and technology. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever-changing and volatile world. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, coming to you each Wednesday on America's Web Radio and podcast replays available on iTunes, Lawyer Liz podcast at Google Play, Stitcher, all your favorite podcast streaming uh, apps and sites. So I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and we were talking earlier with Nick Black, one of the, well, actually the principal engineer at Luma, and Luma has started to solve, if not solved, a lot of the questions with mesh networks, uh, Wi-Fi networks for your home, and creating that force field uh, area around so that when you expect to be able to use a device connecting to Wi-Fi in an environment, you can do so, and you can do so as securely as possible. But in broadening that idea of reliability and environments 
to the inauguration. So since we lost Nick for the rest of the show, it seems, then y'all get to listen to my ponderings and pontifications on well, we've got a presidential inauguration later this week from when the show is airing. And what happens when you have created the usual circus that is uh, inaugural and new administration changes in D.C.? But this time it's a little bit different because technology is different. You have so many devices connected in D.C. because D.C., is as a city is the nation's capital and it's a working environment and that not everyone is going to be stopping what they do pausing their work there are banks there are hospitals there are companies that are making breaking designing building they don't pause for the pomp and circumstance that will be the swearing in and so You've got all of their devices, all of their Wi-Fi networks operating. You, know, The mail runs through you know, neither rain, sleet, or snow. The Pony Express will still be delivering. Well, not really, but there, there is business to be done, life to be lived within that highly condensed area. So what happens? And then what happens when you bring in all those, the protesters, the participants, And we were talking before the break about drones and how, you know, the current drone detection and prevention uh, technology is jamming or it's uh, bringing it down through some other way. And so we highlighted a little bit some of the issues with jamming and that it's not a precise Science. It's not a precise solution just yet. And when drones are operating generally through the same frequencies as every other IoT device, what do you do? And how do you, what happens with the, is it collateral damage? And is it acceptable that you're not going to be able to uh, get your Facebook live video feed as you're sitting in front of the president. You know, what happens if you can't, you know, you can't Snapchat, except for as Nick and, uh, reminded us at the beginning of the show, Snapchat is so 2000 and something, but not 17. And what happens with that? What happens if my medical device or some other critical communication or my coffee maker, do not stand between me and my caffeine if I am working. So what happens with all of that? Do we bring in the screaming eagles? We've seen that tested at some of the uh, European countries have been teaching eagles to swoop in and using their talons, uh, capture the drone. Well, that's great, but... Do you bring a fleet of them? You know, and sometimes all it takes is a micro drone loaded with the wrong sort of biochemical weapon that it, when it doesn't take much of a nasty substance to do damage or get get your cause on the news, what happens there? If we see ISIS taking advantage of uh, lorries over in Europe, it, 
how do you know and how much is so it's fasten your seatbelts hopefully all will go well and the security systems that they've set up will do what they're supposed to do but at what cost and the other reminder is you know the communication side of it and getting the word out so while we were filming or recording the show while the show is streaming on America's web radio the FAA sent out a press release and a flight advisory because if the FAA wants you to make sure that you understand uh, and if you hadn't heard there would be a 2017 presidential inauguration festivities in DC so while the FAA is great at getting out disseminating the information how much is a piece of paper going to do to shut down the airspace and really remind people where they can and can't fly because if you're if you have bad intentions being told that you will get a demerit for doing something isn't going to fly or in this case it isn't going to keep you from flying and it will be interesting to see because even though the Super Bowl and you know NFL games, other baseball games, you know Major League Baseball, other sporting events are declared no drone zones, that doesn't always mean somebody doesn't crash one and with no malicious intent other than they just didn't know they were flying for fun. So this week in DC will kind of put the IOT somewhat to a test. I mean, what happened, it may be an academic question in theory only, you know, a perfect law school or a computer science class exam of if you were going to hack, how many different things could you hack? Uh, or perhaps even a mathematical question of, well, if I'm flying my drone at a certain speed, at a certain uh altitude, then how quickly would the National Guard, the FBI, the other defense mechanism have to bring my aircraft down if I wanted to maximize certain damage? Or, you know, what what is the damage? Liz, obviously all of this is based on radio frequency correct? Yes, it is. Okay. And so. not the voice of God. Instead, just the voice of the big Pumbaa with America's <laughs> Web Radio. So, yeah. David Moxley. Anyway, my thought was, with all of our technology, would it be extremely possible to shoot ourselves in the foot? For instance. Always. It I is know, always possible. I know. That, let's just use <coughs> this as an example. I know the frequency that the Secret Service is going to be using Friday. Impossible. Or I I think I do. Or I've got a pretty good idea. So I set my drone at that frequency. So whoever the jammers are, they jam my drone coming in. But what have they just done? They've put the Secret Service out of business. Impossible. Hacking a drone? Hacking the radio? Oh, gosh, that would never happen. But yet it does. And research came out uh, towards the end of 2016 that showed it is very possible to make those modifications. And this is part of the problem when there is a known universe of you know, the RF spectrum. We've defined it. It It is what it is. And it, there has to be another way to defend against it. But get, you know, 
as we were talking about with Nick before the you know the first half of the show, you give me an exam question, I will find an answer. You know, it's challenge accepted. Okay. And what does happen if the Secret Service communications uh, are, you know, do they have to go to a backup? You know, how many backups do they have? So, well, and, and David is always great with thinking of the, uh, the creative what-ifs. So, now, David, do you think it's going to be a drone issue, or do you think uh, you know, autonomous vehicles, do you think something masquerading, you know, the robots are, are choosing now to stage their revolution, or is that something the next uh, administration will have to worry about? $64,000 question. You don't remember that show, but there was a show called a $64,000 question. That was, there was one time that 64000 was a lot of money. So I'll still take it. If, it, uh, if anyone ask, wants to give me that amount for answering a question, I will ask, answer the question. Ask your mother about that. But um, No, and, and I don't. You know, they were kidding about the parade and that the Secret Service and FBI, you know, on and all the alphabets had been working on the what ifs. What if, uh, what if uh, Trump sprains his ankle? You know, what if the uh, Ivanka sprains her? You know, what if, what if, what if? I don't know. Well, I do know. There is no way to cover every what if. And just like you all have pointed out, Dave's pointed out, Ron's pointed out, that the bad guys, you can't help to always be on the defense because the bad guys are always coming up with something new to to do what if with. And, uh, you know, and that's why I brought up the, so if they, can they shoot themselves in the foot? Well, certainly they can. Um and that's when you have I, I to hope know. the redundancies or the backup systems work. I mean, that's where Delta uh, got caught flat-footed uh, mm-hmm. last summer, back in August, where the backup redundancies for, you know, a substation had a fire, knocked some stuff offline. Unfortunately, it knocked up, knocked off the, yeah, it, well. <laughs> it, it screwed the pooch, uh, but it, you know, it shut down and cost them millions of dollars. So it certainly will be from a what-if perspective. It will be an interesting thing, and we will take, of course, it just gives more show topics for the next Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. So thank you to America's Web Radio. Thank you to Nick. Thank you to uh, Luma for what they're doing, and thank you to everyone for listening. I am Lawyer Liz. You've been listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed 